0: Hello, I'm Kristen Perisonotto. And I'm Hannah Ferguson, and we're co-founders of Cheek Media Co. This is the Weekly Cheek Podcast.
1: Now we should probably go watch some Trump propaganda and vomit into our own mouths.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like. Trump is a corrupt individual who doesn't have any ethics or morals except for, well, he doesn't have any.
1: You were saying you are getting sick of certain centrist and sort of left-wing media because everything is in opinion. Yes, not CNN, really- I'm yeah, calling them Yeah, out. I wasn't sure you were going to. Cancelled. <laughs> I imagine CNN's listening like, fuck, <laughs> Kristen <laughs> Perisonotto. Welcome back to the Weekly Cheek Podcast. In this week's episode, Kristen and I have a heated discussion about the Comey Rule, a new stand TV series focused on James Comey's time as director of the FBI. The first episode focuses on the Clinton email scandal in 2015 and 16, and the second episode follows along as he directs the FBI through the beginning of Trump's presidency.
0: Yes, yeah, so it's based on his book, which is based on his detailed notes. So it's always just going to be his perspective. Yes. So, like, I just figured, I mean, I know it's a dramatization, but I just figured we n- will never know the actual facts. Yes. And we just need to take it as though this is his perspective. Yes. But I don't know. Also, the type of person he is, like, I do. There's some people that I believe go out of their way to lie, and there's some people that I believe truly describe their perspective, but their perspective might not be that close to reality. Yeah. But I believe that they are truly recounting their perspective, yes. like what they thought happened.
1: And I really liked, um, sort of at the start, how the DAG that's moving out um, is like... James Comey thinks that his morality is higher than other people's morality. Yeah, And I think that that's shown well throughout it. Like, Mm -hmm. little things like that that are other people's perspectives that kind of filter through, that you can tell that he's like, at the end of the day, I'm the director of the FBI. Yeah. And I'm making a decision based on my ethics and Mm -hmm. my approach to this job that is subjective regardless, and I'm going to be held accountable to myself. Yes.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, I actually, like, on that level, related to him a lot, because I'm just like that. Because I think I have a very strict and strong set of values and mm. ethics, and I operate based on those, and like if you ask me, like they are right,, yeah. and the things that are conflict to them are wrong. And that's just, again, like my belief. And that's how I live my life. Yeah. And I would like argue with anyone who said that they're wrong.:
1: Yes. but I mean, and that's everyone, I think, to some mm. extent. It's just hard because the role of the FBI director has a strict set of instructions on what their sort of um, mission is, their purpose, their objectives, and the way to go about these things. So it's hard because at some point your ethics won't really match up with the guidelines that you've got in a role like that And mm-hmm. not saying that i mean you have to be kind of ethically aligned with those sort of like the values of integrity and like transparency yeah. and things like that but it's in the more the formalities of how to approach different situations and then how to publicize those things i think it came down to here
0: interesting because i think it had more to do with who he was as a person than his role
1: we should probably explain <laughs> Cause i think a lot of people won't have watched this because it's quite an obscure show like i think in yeah. the u.s a lot of people watch it but basically so episode one's about 96 minutes i think it was about an hour and a half
0: and yeah, then the it's second exactly ep- 96 minutes. it actually is cause i remember <laughs> and then the second episode's two hours it's an a- 116 minutes
1: Exposed. Exposed. Yeah. <laughs> Not a true fan. I've watched it once last night because you're like, Hannah, we should podcast on this, go home and watch it. Yeah. But it's I'm surprised I got through all of it.
0: Me too. It was
1: honestly, um, I'm someone who can't really watch, unless I'm at like the movies, which is why I love going to the movies so much because it's my one time I don't use my phone or laptop while I'm watching television. Yeah. True. But this is one of the only things I've watched on, like at home mm-hmm. without. Like I was messaging you, like my opinions throughout, but yeah. I wasn't actually doing anything else besides watching. Yeah, the only thing I did was message people who watched the show about what I was thinking during the show. Did you pause it? Yeah,
0: to message them.
1: I paused it to pee, and the door to the toilet is like five meters from where I was sitting. <laughs> yeah, so. wow, that's
0: Huge. meaningful. It is mm-hmm. meaningful because usually it was I just a pay. great show.
1: It was, and honestly, it's really interesting and intricate for something that focuses on such a congested time period. Yeah so yeah the first episode which is shorter basically goes through um this sort of hillary clinton email scandal which Mm -hmm. we've actually talked about one million times on this podcast i realise that we talk about hillary clinton so much because we watched one documentary one
0: time and we're both obsessed with it yeah it's also four hours of documentary it's a lot of content it
1: is a lot of content and it's it's thoughtful, but I think that this provided some serious balance to those views on... Because, again, I didn't know much about the email scandal. Yeah. I think it's provided a healthy balance to that sort of propaganda for, for her. Yes,
0: this is we balance it out with some Comey propaganda. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now we should probably go watch some Trump propaganda and vomit into our own mouths. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's um, next <laughs> up. But, yeah, so the first episode kind of goes through James Comey being appointed as the director of the FBI and... Um, barack obama chose him Mm -hmm. but james comey um has been a republican like a registered republican his whole life in 2016 he just he sort of announced that he was not affiliated with any party and he didn't vote in the 2016 election
0: yes great just like everyone else right i mean i don't i actually disagreed you know how him and then the deputy director both said i didn't i didn't think it was appropriate to vote yeah I found that really interesting. I think
1: I would vote if I I would vote. Yeah, I think you're right as a
0: citizen. Exactly. But then I wondered is it deeper than that? And is it just like the like because we have compulsory voting, we would never even consider that option? Exactly.
1: If our voting wasn't compulsory, I think that I just think the culture in this country is is that it's your democratic right. You have to do it to ensure some sort of balance so it provides something else. Whereas I guess because you can choose to take part over there. I I don't agree with that system. I think everyone, it should be compulsory to vote. Mm -hmm. But then I guess it like, it sort of favors people who have the ability to vote and travel and things like that more. But I think that in their positions, I get why, especially in that election, because it was so much was hinged on mm. and so much involvement with them which wouldn't have happened in a
0: and it was also setting. very like they were two polar polar opposites there's a lot of people who have would have fallen between yeah because Hillary's such a Democrat and has been like affiliated with yes um, or Bill Clinton whatever blah 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 all of that and then Trump was so radical yeah. on the other side but didn't like James Comey when he went into the um, interview with Obama he actually said that he supported um, McCain and, and Mitt, Romney. Mitt Romney. Yeah, fucking Mitt Romney. Although now, in comparison, I'm like he probably wouldn't have been that bad.
1: Quite interesting of Obama.
0: Yes, very.
1: Um, and he basically says like, "You won't be in a relationship with me, yeah, because you're an independent body and that's mm-hmm. your role. Like, you you have to be able to investigate me, like, blah blah yes. blah blah." Um, totally really good approach that's the way it should be
0: which was in polar opposite to how trump acted when he became president and he wanted to be like best friends with comey absolutely which i think was the brilliant
1: contrast of the show it was dramatization of he hired comey on the basis that he knew that comey and himself both held to high stand and high regard this idea that um, both of them like a challenge, they like a disagreement, and they like to hear the other side. Yes. I think that's the way they pose it. It may not be true to that much extent if fucking Comey's one of the smartest, you know, government lawyers in the country and he's voting for Mitt Romney. I'm yeah. like, oh, how smart can you be? <laughs> but I like that there was some sort of not competition, but. Discourse, And they were saying, like, we both value hearing the other side because that's what makes great leadership in yeah. a way. And I think that was really valuable commentary.
0: And it also kind of positioned Obama. We already knew this about him, but he did want, he was interested in the best person for the job, yes. not to surround himself with supporters. Yeah, Democrats who, you know, lifetime Democrats or yes. whatever the case may be, which is what Trump is interested in doing. Yeah. And then did you, because you know how there were all of those different um, attorney generals who kept yeah. popping up? Did you have a look at the wiki page? No. There have been so many attorney generals. That's terrible. Yeah, that Trump has elected. Or, sorry, uh, hired.
1: I think there's a huge problem in that system with the president being able to hire and fire with such ease. Yes. Because it... Purely hinges on their likability then, and their support for the party line, which is not the role of like the FBI director. It's supposed to be an independent body yeah. that can investigate the president. So, if the president can fire them without having to consult anyone else, then yeah, like that just doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't.
0: Well, is did does he have the um jurisdiction to fire the Georgia Secretary of State? As we're recording this, it's the 6th of January, and the recording of the of. The phone call has just come out. Who knows what's. This is not going up for a few weeks. So. Honestly, yeah, I.
1: Yeah, if you predict this. Yeah,
0: I know. Um, oh my God. It's going to come out after the inauguration. I
1: would say on a whim that he does, because in the United States, the president is like the all governing power. Yeah. Um, but in Australia, like that wouldn't really happen between mm. the levels. It just doesn't really make sense.
0: Well, like i mean covid taught us like SCOMO doesn't really have that much Mm. like most like the schools for example schools being closed that was up to state
1: but i think that's actually something really valuable that's come out of this pandemic is that people don't understand who to blame and who to question and who to challenge in these realms like education has always been a state power and yes the commonwealth has a constitutional power Mm -hmm. to overrule because it's essentially like a concurrent power. Mm-hmm. So even if, if there's a ruling, the, the executive power of the Commonwealth can always, I think it's like section 61 of the Constitution, check me on that, but I'm pretty sure.
0: Okay. Um,
1: and essentially it says like where there's a question, mm-hmm. the Commonwealth rules. That power right. can come into play, right? Yeah. So if it came down to it, a decision could be made, but realistically they're not going to invoke that. No. So something like this. Yeah. In pandemic, it proves the power of premiers, mm-hmm. the prominence of premiers, and I think that it, in a way, has reduced ScoMo's impact altogether, thank God. But also, it's shown that, like, he can stand behind a lot of people. Yeah. And, yeah, I think it's really important for sort of the public to be educated on what is in whose control. hmm Whereas, yeah, in the U.S., it's more just like this, the president sort of has, like, a, almost like a monarchical, like...
0: Yeah, he's just the boss of everything. ...figurehead
1: thing, I can do anything I want. Mm-hmm. It, it's quite ty- tyrannical.
0: yeah it's mm. yes yeah, it's, it's
1: surprisingly like so it is yeah.
0: yeah and i think that um it has taken someone who is abusing those powers so openly mm. for us or for the society for the world to realize yeah i watched the show because i was on like the hillary kick mm. and i was like hmm, it might be interesting yeah. to watch um i honestly didn't think i would like it i thought i would watch 10 minutes and then switch it off yeah but i loved it and I didn't realise how much talk there was about, you know, Comey is the reason, in quotes, Trump won the election. I actually didn't really know much about this before starting the, watching the show. Yeah. And it came became very obvious to me that that was um, kind of, in my opinion, the point of the show, especially the first episode, yes. was like, was it his fault or wasn't it?
1: Yeah. And I, I thought that I, I really agree with that. Like, mm-hmm. I think that when news of that election was filtered through to hear. Yeah. One, I think everyone was in a state of disbelief that it was possible that he would become president. Like I think even yeah. up to the day I was like, Whoa, oh, it won't happen.
0: Yeah, he was it was just a meme.
1: Yeah, I I d I don't think I really thought about the monopolization and, and the reasons and the conflicting powers behind yeah, no. this at this election. I also
0: none of us understood the um, electoral votes until No, that was the first time I year. ever looked up their system. Same.
1: I think for a lot of Australians it was the first time they actually tried to realise yeah. what was going to happen and Yeah, now. figure out
0: what had to happen for... Especially because the election went for so long. Yeah. Everyone was like, what has to happen for him to...
1: And before this, we didn't care. Like, we just know their campaign trail longest of all time yeah we just know it's just an exhausting like year and a half lead up
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and we all know like two four-year terms like the basics behind what happens in those yeah. sort of situations and that the president has more power than the prime minister does yes
0: exactly and i think people mostly understood that um american citizens do vote for the, pre- for the yes, president yes you're
1: not voting for an, like a, a member yes. for parliament that sort of equates to the party Yeah, exactly
0: yeah. and i think that i actually think that this is a side note uh, American media and everything that we consume that's American, which is basically everything, has made people in Australia think that we vote for the Prime Minister. Yes. And I think that's the reason. Anyway, so whose fault is it? And as I was watching, particularly, I thought like the most impactful part of the show was the storyline that followed his wife and daughters.
1: Yeah, I thought that was really powerful too, surprisingly yeah. so. Yes. Because I thought at the first oh this might be a bit tokenistic. Yeah, um, that's what
0: I wondered too. But because they were, I mean, it was never really said. Because I assumed that they were all Republicans. Yeah. But then she was like, um, his wife was actually very pro Hillary. Yes. And in a way that was more than like, we don't want to have him. But. It
1: wasn't about um, Hillary being great. It was about protecting yeah. their society and also simultaneously showing their four daughters mm. that they there they could be a woman president.
0: Yeah, exactly. It wasn't. They didn't quite make it clear whether.
1: They would normally vote Democrat. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. um, I know they showed him in specifically.
0: Yes, exactly. Because they showed him in church a few times, and that. But mm. then again, like I think in the US, it, going to church is not necessarily an indicator of Republican, no, no. like it is here. No. Um. So again, because I that's what I kind of thought they were putting him in church to show that he was like a conservative. Yes. Voter, but then I was like, it's not really the case necessarily, because um, even Biden is very.
1: yeah i mean i guess so uh, essentially in was it in 20 late 2015 Mm -hmm. that this sort of email scandal came out Mm -hmm. and what that involved was so hillary clinton as secretary of state to the obama administration had been using a private email server so not like a state.gov email Mm -hmm. she was using a personal email server which she was in terms of policy, allowed to do prior secretaries of state had done the same thing. Yeah, it was um, the
0: Clinton server.
1: It was the Clinton server. So she could use it from her personal home, blah, blah, blah. Now, policy said that she could, um, she would have to turn over all professional emails, but anything that was personal, she wouldn't turn over, mm-hmm. essentially. So the email scandal first emerged when she was already the Democratic nominee um, for president in the 2016 election. Mm-hmm. But essentially, it came out that. They kind of wanted to get her entire email server and look over the emails to make sure that nothing, like there was nothing incriminating. And what they were basically trying to determine, we need to find if there's anything incriminating in these emails and if she intended to conceal it. Yeah.
0: Yes. Like is it carelessness or is it intent? Exactly. Because I, in my opinion, the reason that it was a scandal was because Hillary herself chose whether it was a work email or a personal email. Yes, And she handed over the work email. So she didn't hand over all of them because she was entitled to keep her personal emails private. And the fact that she was the one who, or her team, was the one who made that decision mm. was kind of the... Impetus for all of the issues. Yeah. In my opinion. And
1: so they kind of opened this investigation and they went through about 38,000 emails Mm -hmm. in the first sort of slot. And then they came to the conclusion that. Um, none of the emails had incriminating content and that it was like a grave sort of issue of carelessness on her part. Yeah. But it wasn't anything illegal. Yes. And the first sort of issue that the episode faced was how do we sort of, especially for a, they're not supposed to really say anything in election year about politicians who could be president
0: yes because the FBI is private
1: yeah so they were like how do we come out and announce this without seeming partisan so essentially the issue was that um, there was also this issue with her name Loretta and she was the attorney general at the time yeah and she, days before they were going to make this announcement Bill Clinton had got into her plane on the tarmac at like I think it was like Atlanta Airport or something yeah and
0: it wasn't a planned meeting
1: no it was just like he wanted to come and say hi sort of vibes but yeah. the public it was reported on awfully yes and essentially it was like why would um the husband and an ex-president get in the plane of the attorney general when the fbi who the attorney general looks after essentially is the figurehead over at the department of justice yeah talk to this person when they're investigating you know his wife yes exactly uh,
0: like an indictable offense yeah and i don't i i mean I'm sure he said something. <laughs> like oh God, I don't think. I'm it sure was... he said something. Too. Yeah, but I, mean, I don't think he would have like threatened her. But I thought I his he whole would have been thing like, is like charm. Well, you know. Yeah, you
1: know it's brought up, but no one's going to get in the plane and say funny. hi and fucking walk out.
0: Exactly. And the Attorney General actually didn't want to see him, but her assistant. Well, this is what happened in the show. Yeah, she didn't want to see him. She was like, "No, you can't come in to my plane." Yeah, and the assistant was like. President Clinton is here yes. to see you. Yes, immediately. Yes, he's on his way up the yeah. stairs.
1: So, but then the the whole issue with the inside the FBI was they were saying like there's three options as to how they're going to present this information. Yep. and they had to like draft and redraft how the memo sort of read because they were like, how do we say? um we're not gonna because what it was saying was are we going to open investigation sorry yeah that was more what it was we're declining to take this further and charge her with anything or investigate her we've decided there's no criminal contact like it's just grave carelessness yeah gross carelessness nurse, 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 nurse. <laughs> <laughs> but they were reading essentially james comey was like i would like to come out by myself mm. and read this as like at a press conference yeah on
0: my own without the attorney general, attorney general and
1: they were like no 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 that's not how things are
0: done yeah and
1: then he was like well we're going to look shit either way like mm-hmm. in terms of like pr this is not good and yeah. they were saying like this is against the norms and he was saying ethically i can't stand beside her yes even though it's not how we do things around here yeah i have to come out and say this, and i don't want to be attached to that
0: and his argument was always like both options are bad but yes. i'm going with the least bad one yeah
1: and mm-hmm. it's like it will look weird but it will look weirder and more partisan yeah yeah, to stand beside the attorney general yeah. who's just had a conversation with bill clinton and announced that we're not pursuing hillary exactly
0: and he's he's right anyway and
1: from a legal standpoint it was confusing watching them write this sort of like legal document about why they're not pursuing the case because they were saying like oh she's been so careless and so shit yeah but they were also saying well we're not investigating her so we have to explain why we're not investigating her but like mm. and we're trying to look like we've balanced the argument yeah but we're not investigating her exactly. so we can't come out and say like oh she did a shite job but we're not pursuing this yeah yeah
0: also, there was the the fact that he was a very public Republican. Yes. is was very personal. It's actually really interesting because this whole show is basically like PR and law. And yeah. It's like, you've got Classic. law, I've got PR. So. Well, I was
1: watching it like, I agree. We probably I, took
0: different things from it.
1: Yeah, we did. But what I found was I really liked the way they structured like we're looking for these two things legally here. Mm-hmm. We can't establish them. We're not pursuing her, but the public is never going to buy this because they. Because the thing is, when you present a press conference to the public, they're never going to take away. Yeah, And that's the big differentiator, I think, between communications and law, mm-hmm. is that in law, you've got a strict, logical, almost mathematical system yeah. of how to read legislation and determine if you can prosecute someone. Mm-hmm. When it gets to the public, you think about things like, A murder, a rape trial or something, and I understand why most of the time if you're going beyond reasonable doubt to prosecute someone that they're guilty of a crime, that's pretty hard to establish. Yeah. But then the headline is rapist freed. And you're like But our system is fair. Mm. It's I mean it's not fair, obviously it's fundamentally flawed. But when you look at these things, the way that they're reported on versus the way that they actually occur through legislation and policy is completely different. Yeah. And I think that's the issue is that the public doesn't really prod.
0: No, and the public perception is all based on what came out first. Yeah. Um, Really, at the end of the day. I mean, there is, I guess there is something to say for the emotional side of it as well. Like if, you know, something comes out one way and then the rebuttal from the other side is, you know, highly emotional, then the public's opinion might be swayed. Yeah. But whatever comes out first is kind of what's going to stick in their head. Um, And because it was so vitriolic and Trump had already created a lot of negativity and hatefulness toward hillary and to be honest i hate having to say this but um there was a bit of hate towards her before trump even came along yeah um but it was just kind of like exactly him coming out and saying oh there's nothing here doesn't in the eyes of the public doesn't really have too much of an impact people have already kind of made up their mind and even and I don't remember what was exactly in his memo, but the public also tunes out if there's any kind of jargon or yeah. legal legalese. People are like, well, I, don't, I don't know. I'm yeah. confused. And they're going to just revert to what they were thinking before.
1: Yeah, which is the headline, which is Crooked Hillary. Yeah, exactly. Really,
0: yeah. Um, which the Russians, anyway. anyway <laughs> which... We're not going to talk too much about the Russians. Yeah.
1: But essentially that was kind of the question for the first half. And then... The big, big issue, which is hard to stray from after you've seen it, I mm-hmm. think that's why you probably forgot about this first sort of, how yeah. prominent the first part was, Yes, is that a month before the elections? so we're talking like October of 2016, mm-hmm. um, there were 370,000 more emails that were yeah. from her like BlackBerry and from a computer that they never accessed mm. um, that were discovered and then they basically put forward like a warrant to get access to the emails and it failed and then they never redid it. Yeah. And so they're two weeks out from the election now and it kind of comes up that they've fucked up. Yeah. And essentially the question then is, they're going to reopen the investigation, they don't know how long it's going to take them to go through 370,000 emails, but do they tell the public they've reopened the investigation? Yeah. And the kind of question this falls on, I think, in a PR sense and a political sense is, saying nothing and saying something are both political. Apparently you can't get it right there. You can't open, because what I think Comey, what it came back to for Comey is, and I think this is exactly how I would think of it too. There's an argument for if we tell the public that she's under investigation and then they find nothing at least we were honest that we were sort of telling the public she was under investigation because if we don't tell the public she's under investigation she wins the election and they're indicting a president who's committed criminal acts like indictable acts before the inauguration yeah then what because then they have to tell the public that they well she was under investigation and they didn't say it exactly so there's this is huge like rock and a hard place situation yeah. going on
0: mm-hmm. and all of the staff at the who are involved in the um investigation pretty much all of the are they detectives um i think
1: they're like analysts i think they're like i think they're probably executives at the fbi but i think they're like
0: they must be very important if they're on
1: that i don't think they're detectives at the fbi
0: i didn't know either i'm thinking brooklyn 99 now yeah anyway anyway the people who are on the team who are investigating hillary pretty much all of the people who were like not the direct not comey and his deputy director Hmm. were like we can't say we don't tell them anything.
1: They were kind of leaning left, though. You could tell they were yes, all quite democratic. Exactly.
0: Yeah. They were democratic, but it was also kind of compounded by the fact that it was Trump. And yeah. I think that I think that in the lead up to the election, I definitely think the American public, the non-Trump voters, did understand that like it would be bad if Trump won the election. But I think when you're an elected, or when you're in a position that they were in, they actually saw it for what it was, which was a threat to democracy if Trump got in as president so I think at their level because I think there was always like in the lead up to that election it was an air of like oh lol imagine if he won that would be funny kind of like because he's never going to but I think people in those positions actually understood the gravity of the risk that if trump won opposed
1: to their independent organization exactly because
0: he was known to be very corrupt they had already found all of link like all of these links to russia they had already knew about russia basically but they just couldn't i don't think they had they couldn't establish it it
1: wasn't like it's funny because one of the um characters who's like again like the executive team sort of thing of this of at least of this investigation kind of said you can't say we have to be honest about hillary and then not say like it, it's a it's like um selective honesty saying oh but then we can't not say about russia it's like well that wasn't under investigation because they were only in the early days of establishing whether they were like had any impact on the election yes like it was really difficult to establish the ties between parts of trump's campaign mm-hmm. and the russian influence on social media like that wasn't yeah. an open investigation that was like a thought exactly. so that was kind of like flooding in but there was not really any grounds yet no because it kind of it the election needed to happen to see the influence in many exactly, ways. Exactly,
0: exactly. And the because of the way that Trump and Hillary were positioned in the lead up, mm. because of the whole Crooked Hillary thing, because there were already rumors flying around that Russia was involved in the election yes. and were campaigning for Trump, but people didn't care about it as much as they cared about Hillary's emails. Yeah. Because she was is a career politician.
1: But it proves the standard for both people because it's like exactly. when you have a career politician who's in prominent positions, it's like the thing, the thing that's going to make her fall is not even close to as bad as the things that made Trump yeah. survive. Like it doesn't even make sense the standard that we were holding them accountable for and it doesn't come back to gender. It actually yeah. comes back to, I think, politics in that way. Like the left versus the right, like the standards we hold yes. for the people on our sides.
0: Yeah, exactly. And there was, because there were so many people who, you know, registered democrats people who lean left who refused to vote for hillary yeah which is why she lost yes. anyway
1: but i think it was so interesting because essentially it was like 11 days before the election that comey made that comey made the, comey made the decision to announce that they were reopening the investigation into hillary mm-hmm. and obviously it was like a frenzy when that happened like yeah. no one opens an investigation into a you know a nominee for president less than two weeks out from the election mm. like that doesn't happen right no.
0: and also his family were very Uh, against against him doing that yes
1: but again and i think what it comes back to is something that was said in the show was either we be honest or we conceal yeah and we have to choose who we are as an organization in Mm -hmm. this very decision and i think for other people it was like well no we don't this is not the org this is not the organization but the other threat which i think probably should be mentioned is there was definitely um leaks at the new york Office for the mm, FBI, yeah, and Rudy Giuliani knew, yes. Exactly. So it was going to come out anyway. Yeah, so they knew they had to say it, or the inv- or the whole thing would come out regardless. And they yeah. look, look much worse. Yeah. So I think in terms, he did the right thing all around. What surprised me is they got through three hundred seventy thousand emails in about a week.
0: Yeah. So I thought they didn't they, explain that either, but
1: they did because they announced that she. There was nothing before the vote. Oh no, I mean
0: they didn't explain how they did it. Oh yeah, they, kind of, they sort of like first... a
1: database sort of thing. It was really strange the way they posed. That. Yeah, it was a bit
0: confusing because he was like, "How long is that going to take?" And they were like, "We don't know." And then he was like, "Can you do it in two weeks?" And they were like, "No." But then it yeah, was, they did. It was done, I think it's yeah. because they
1: wanted it done. But the issue for me here is, and this is something I think is broader, is like the question you asked after I finished the show was, "Do you think that the the announcement that Comey made that they were reopening the investigation." was the swaying factor that ruled the election. Mm. And I say yes. Mm
0: -hmm. But the
1: failing, I think, here is 11 days before the election, they announced it, but they got it done within, like, I think they got it done in about just over a week. And three days or, no, 48 hours out from polls opening, they announced that it was done, it was closed, nothing. Yeah, That didn't spread far enough. And why is that? That's because the media loves to throw people under the bus, but they don't like to save them in the same sentence
0: yes yeah you're right to the same standard yeah and i think yes so my opinion um and i actually no one has directly agreed with me on this opinion oh good um, i'm glad to hear it oh you already know it
1: yeah oh i was wondering if there's something additional that i don't know <laughs> oh, no,
0: no no i'm not gonna pull anything crazy out so my opinion is that blaming Comey is a coping mechanism for the left or for anyone who didn't vote for Trump or didn't want Trump to be the president because it's easier for them to place the blame on one person than to accept the fact that Trump got millions of votes.
1: I mean, I think that the election was so close, which is the hard part. Because mm-hmm. in terms of voters, more people could have turned out. More of the left should have turned out to vote for Hillary. So I agree. In that way, it's a coping mechanism for the people that like didn't go out and vote and refused to vote for her, who yeah. then were well, like had to face Trump and thought oh, I probably should have voted then. Yeah. Um. I I actually do agree with you. I think it is a coping mechanism to blame him. Mm-hmm. I think fundamentally, I can't imagine him having lost. I think it yeah. is. I think me like, nail, put the nails in the coffin.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is that how that phrase goes? Yeah.
0: But he, like, the grab him by the pussy came out just before the email investigation was reopened.
1: Again, it's how each side holds their own nominee accountable yeah exactly. It's how the media holds them accountable it's yes. the standards they hold these different people to yeah i found it so interesting one of the scenes in the show involves like them critiquing hillary like the sort of members of the investigation critiquing hillary for the emails and one of them said like she's just so smart and she thinks she gets to do whatever she wants blah blah mm. blah, blah. And that's a democrat that's yeah. a definite democratic person yeah voter. yeah I think stuff like that's interesting because yeah hillary had such a history in that country she was the most likely to beat him but i looking back i can't imagine him having lost yeah so i think that inherently people will blame it i still think it is the defining factor that mm-hmm. it was so close and the media coverage really packed it in that last week yeah i think it was the instigator or the catalyst for that yeah i don't i think yeah people will blame it on that and that's rough on him he did the right thing
0: yeah he absolutely did the right thing and i would have done the same thing in his position but i also think that and this is like something that hannah and i spoke about last night and i'm not really sure it's tough for me to like decide what my opinion is you're so brave thank you so much <laughs> um give me a like for that please. <laughs> and the thing that it came down to for me my initial feeling when i thought the show and thought is his is it his fault is that to blame him is removing agency from american voters and that's like the people who voted for trump and who vote against their interests and did again a couple of months ago there's two sides to it because saying oh they you know they just got caught up in his propaganda and they were lied to and you know it was comey's fault Mm. if it wasn't for him then hillary would have won is is just taking away any type of responsibility that the vote, the American public have. You know, the, pe- the people who decided not to vote, the people who have so obviously voted against their interests. Like a, a specific group is the um, Latina community in Florida who Trump scared by saying that Biden is a socialist because they were terrified of becoming, of living in another socialist state. Like that was just fear mongering. Mm. But then again, the people that he convinces with these lies and this propaganda are people who are disenfranchised, like the Latina population in Florida who voted for him. So it's kind of like a, whose responsibility is that? And that's just, this is something that I do all the time. I'm like, okay, whose fault is it? Like, whose fault is it? So we can start to fix it. And it's very, I don't know. It's a misplaced fault. Exactly. And it's cyclical because it's like, well, the media reported irresponsibly, um trump is a corrupt individual who doesn't have any ethics or morals except for well he doesn't have any (laughs) i was gonna i was gonna say the only person whose interests trump keeps in mind are his own Mm. he doesn't care about anyone He doesn't care about his family he doesn't care about the latina population in florida he doesn't care about anybody except for winning he doesn't even care about having the presidency except for the power that it brings him it's just his ego he didn't he can't handle losing after only one term. That's the whole reason any any of this has happened is because of his ego. But then he was targeting specific people who he knew were vulnerable to his propaganda. So but then do we take agency away from them by thinking that, oh well, poor them because they didn't have the skills and the know-how to look into the truth or to but some dig people don't further. Care. Exactly. And that's the thing, like, where's
1: Some people don't know better and some people don't care. Like my response, and this is a quite horrible response in many ways, is I think sometimes we overestimate the agency that others have. Yes, People, but also by saying that, I'm not saying people are stupid, Mm. but I am saying that, one, people don't care. Yeah. People don't care enough to read into actual, like, something I think about a lot is, like, Canberra, one of the most highly educated places in Australia, tripled their Greens population in the last state election. Yeah. And I think, and yeah, like someone I talked to in Canberra was like, "That's what you. That's what happens when you have highly educated ed, educated people living in a cluster." Mm-hmm. And I think that shows so much as like the less educated places, which the government the government has done to itself. Then in a way, yeah, the lack of education on voting, on politics, on just reading into simple things and having critical thought mm-hmm. is when that's undercut. When that's underfunded you have yourself to blame in terms of governance and moving forward and and progression. Yeah. But also again, sometimes I read a headline, I take it and I move on and you can't zap that out of my brain. Like what I see. So again, what again, I don't know enough about this Russia thing, but I know that their influence was fucking awful. Mm -hmm. Like they wrote articles that Hillary had AIDS. Yeah. Like, and people just read that like millions of reads. Yeah. You can't get that out of someone's mind no matter how much they know it's not true and over time those things become a pattern of behavior that they're reading those things the algorithm everything it's just
0: yeah a... so even if they don't literally believe that hillary had aids they've just like hillary bad the
1: absolute framework of what you take away from each piece of writing but it's also like i was even not shocked but i sometimes when i read a left-wing article from a left-wing publication And I go, and sometimes I go, oh, this is painful to read. Even though I agree with everything in it, I actually have the critical thought to go, I probably wouldn't do it like that. Yeah. And that's not me saying I don't agree with the person. It's me disagreeing with like a certain aspect of like their political leaning Mm -hmm. or the way they've decided to um, write about it and things like that but that's because I'm so interested in this area and I want to make it part of my career not many
0: people do no they don't it's a bubble it's not even
1: about agency I think a lot of the time it's like when I think of when I went I went to America last year by myself for three weeks and I stayed with a lot of um, friends and their family and like one of the families I met like the couple was quite well off but they were the loveliest people ever like I would have been like assumed democrats
0: right Mm -hmm.
1: But they own small business and Trump's good for small business. So they voted well, based on their, <laughs> um, but that's the thing in their mindset, like their immediate interest in immediate, like, it's like, it's thirty second short term thinking, yeah, yeah. they are never going to vote for some on behalf of someone else that needs the agency, yeah. they're not giving agency to others. They're actually limiting their own by what they see as the immediate future for themselves. Yeah. I think mean, that's how most people, not most people, I think that's how a lot of people grow yeah in terms of like well how what, as the taxpayer as a homeowner as all these things I think we discussed before like I think you become more concerted in your voting and your spending and all these things mm-hmm. the older you get and I think it's like last night I said like I think we're overestimating people's agency it's not even that I think it's just we're overestimating people's ability to care about others at a certain point
0: Yes, that's the but they're not even caring about themselves like they think they are. Yeah, they because think the they are but they're not them. exactly. And so we published an article about Murdoch a few yeah. weeks ago as this is going up. Um and I think and something that I kind of hinted at at the in the article when I was writing it but then had a conversation with someone later on. My problem with Murdoch is not necessarily that his politics don't align with mine. Yes. it's not necessarily that he is a conservative voter it's the fact that he owns so much He's Monopolized exactly that it means that only one view is everywhere yeah and you could very easily because i always and i don't think people do this but if you're listening please do when you read about a piece of news particularly when it's not just like this happened and then that happened and then We'll let you know when something else happens mm. a piece of news that you know requires any kind of opinion or holds an opinion what i do when i read that piece of news is i go elsewhere and i look at an article from a different news outlet that says the same thing and then i usually go to a third But the problem with Murdoch monopolising so much of Australian media is you could go... All three. Exactly. Three are from Murdoch. Most likely all three. Yes. And when his... um, Because I worked in PR for a long time, a lot of the times part of my job is to find articles that were written about my company Mm. and kind of like... You know save them to pdf send them to the exec team blah 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 whatever and a lot of the time the article will go to let's just say the courier mail and then five or six or even ten local papers and even though it's the same story they had different headlines and a lot of the time the wording would have changed a little bit to be applicable to that area so you could be reading these you know multiple different news stories thinking that they're a different opinion, but they were written by the same person, even if they have someone else's name on them. It's the same story. It's the same opinion. So it's really difficult. You have to go out of your way and know which papers Murdoch owns to go out of your way to find multiple different sources that actually report from a different lens. Because as I've said before, everyone has bias. No one in the media, no journalists have no bias. Like it's just... Everyone has an opinion.
1: Exactly. Especially journalists. Exactly. Their job is to have an opinion. Exactly.
0: Their job is to have an opinion and the fact that we... Like, we, sh- we can't expect them not to have an it's opinion. It's actually
1: bullshit when people say, like, journalism is about objective reporting. It's a fucking not. It's, it's not, not anymore. Every And this is what you were saying Everybody this morning. Everybody has like- a bias. You were saying you were getting sick of certain centrist and sort of left-wing media because everything was an opinion. Yes, and not CNN, really- I'm yeah. calling them yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure you were too. Canceled. To. I <laughs> imagine CNN's listening like, fuck, Kristen <laughs> Paris
0: <laughs> So I was reading some CNN articles about um the latest Trump stuff. And they were, like, calling Republicans sycophants. Oh. In, like, a, a regular-looking news article, not an opinion piece. This is another thing, like, for example, Guardian is left-leaning, but there's Guardian opinion, which is, like, further left. Yes. So, I like that.
1: Restore ballots. And then they have the occasional extremely right-wing one. I'm like,
0: ugh. <laughs> <laughs> but again, but,
1: that's proving our leaning.
0: Yeah, exactly. But, like, even I, who am, like a radical left person was reading cnn and i was like you got to stop doing this
1: yeah because no one's going to believe you're reporting if you're reporting like this like at least make the differentiation that it's an opinion piece
0: exactly and it even goes back and i was going to say before but then i forgot your friend who said about how the canberra is, has the most educated people yeah. and then they've you know tripled the greens vote i really hope they don't say that to someone who is right wing why because they are telling them that they're stupid yes
1: i understand the <laughs> issue i, <guess>. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: thought you're saying yes is in like that's the lie <laughs> so i i just i don't i don't know maybe it's just you know my what old it is, age i'm just like that's not helpful
1: no it's not yeah it's not and i completely agree i don't want that that person i led with the fact that i voted greens they knew yeah um
0: yeah um, and i'm not accusing them of no no, no, but no, i'm sure lo- lots this, of people say that this
1: person won't listen to this but <laughs> great um called out
0: <laughs> yeah when's fed august this year could be as this early year. as august 7th yep don't listen to my podcast hannah <laughs> <laughs> i talked about it in my SCOMO podcast because scomo um SCOMO was like i'm no, gonna
1: but, but it wasn't yesterday's the one with trump or everyone it it's was last like... week's Oh, I saw you posted it this morning with the chief. Oh no, Scomo's Sco- episode last week, was last to- week. Yesterday's was like what do these people have in common. Yeah,
0: that's not the one where I talked about the election. Okay. Um, but yeah, he said it could be as early as the seventh of August because he was like, "I'm gonna." I said that I would be here for the whole term, so I'm gonna be here for the whole term. So he's using the whole amount of time, which is really dumb because the earlier he runs. The more likely he'll
1: get voted back in because it's a pandemic. Yes. Yeah, he's a fucking idiot.
0: Exactly. Because we are probably like gonna be fine. So unless we get like a really bad another wave and he has another chance to like be good. Albanese is gonna lose. I know. I think it's gonna be a lip win. Thanks to the pandemic. I
1: can't do this anymore
0: I mean we could the country could catch on fire again. I think
1: people who are going to win. a good are good faces, not the brand.
0: Who even is but Albanese? What has he done? Why do
1: the men always look like sort of ferrety that are like the labor leaders?
0: Yeah, agreed. You're right. Yeah, it's not really some They have wanna... like this
1: like small man vibe. Do you know what I mean?
0: Don't you think Skoa has that as well though?
1: Um <laughs> looks like a mole. Like the actual <laughs> The
0: actual animal. The animal, the mole. Yeah. I think you would get angry by some of the things I said in that podcast. I'll, I'll I was, I it. think I was pretty fair to him.
1: Oh, so that's why you think I'll be angry?
0: Yeah. Oh, good. I think I'll you'll think it. I'm... I think you'll... Look you at Kristen th- trying to plug her own podcast <laughs> to me as we're sitting here. The good things that I said about him, I think you'll be like.
1: If you found us just totally relatable and quirky, come back next Wednesday for a new episode.
0: Until then, head to cheekmedia.com.au to tide you over until then. Bye.
1: Goodbye. <laughs>